Blog Talk Radio. Minions and welcome aboard. My name is Tom Marquis L. Presidente. Time to get things started off, kicked off, and ready to go here in Top the Balance Studio in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, doing the proper social distancing here, but, but believe it or not, I'm doing the show today without a mask. It could actually happen, of course. I'm here all by myself, so I guess that's, uh, you know, the important thing as well. Uh, so we've got a good show lined up. Mo for the BS Sports Shows. You're going to join us. MLB coming back. Coming back. We're going to talk about that, and we thought it couldn't happen. Of course, as, as, we, as we put in our title, sports are coming back, but fans aren't. And I tell you what, how weird was it to see uh, the – Brickyard 400 on the Indianapolis Grand Prix last week uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with no fans. And I tell you what, they need to do this uh, road course thing with uh, a NASCAR more often. And I would almost say, hey, let's th- let's uh, uh, not have the oval, but have the road course on both the Xfinity and uh, NASCAR. But what a great weekend it was to see both IndyCar and NASCAR on the same track on the same weekend. I don't know if that's ever happened. It certainly never happened at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It would have been a lot better had we had fans, but certainly a lot of excitement. So we're going to be talking uh, with Matthew Embry, uh, WSPT up in South Bend, our official uh, IndyCar contributor. Also, Steve Wilson uh, is going to be joining us in the uh, top of the hour uh, to break down some NASCAR action from last weekend. And wow. We see some excitement on pit row last weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. NBA is coming back. Both of the BS Sports Shows are going to be joining us here in just a minute. And then Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, is going to be joining us, talking with us about, well, the possibility that NFL might be uh, having no preseason and still uh, the fans might be affected by this. And we're also starting to see kind of a, a second uh, – Second go around, if you will. So, hey, you know what? Let's have some fun here at the balance. We're going to do the get up challenge with you. Send us your get up challenge at at uh, T Balance or on Facebook, and we'll get it posted and we'll and we'll talk about it on social media. Here we go. Right now, I just need you to get real loose, get comfortable, grab your loved ones. Or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. And lean back with your hips in it. Let's have some fun. Uh. To the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. Now take your left hand and put it on your side. 
gon' roll your shoulders Do the slip and slide This next part's my favorite part uh, Cause it's time to shout Gonna do the two-step Then cowboy boogie Grab a sweetheart and The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. For more unbelievable Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. My name is Tom Michaels, El Presidente. Make sure you get your Get Up Challenge. Get Up, Get It, Get It Go Challenge. I'll get it right. Uh, send over to us. Mo, have, have you done that challenge? You got to do it, man. What the hell is it? You've never seen it? Oh, you have to no. go to our social media. We just posted a video on it. It's uh, it's a, just one of those dance challenges. Uh, so um, it's called the Get Up Challenge. It's actually pretty funny to watch people do. It's all over YouTube, dude. Have you have you quarantined yourself from YouTube? Come on, man. Uh, a, a little bit. What is there a uh, video of you doing it yet? No. <laughs> there, I should, right? If I if I challenge other people to do it, I should do it. You know what? We'll probably put something together by the end of the weekend. We'll try to see if we can't do that. But that'll be a sight you can never unsee, man. I'm telling you, that'll be a sight you cannot unsee. Well, let's talk a little bit about the MLB coming back. We thought it wasn't going to happen, so let's uh, let's break down. And one of the things that we're, we're seeing is that the players are on the field with mask on. They're also saying there's a possibility that that could extend into the game 
full-time operations. I just wonder about a couple things. You're sweating. It's a hygiene issue there. And two, I mean, when you're dealing with a fast-moving ball, that mask, and I had to wear one when I went to the doctor the other day to get some labs done, it's really kind of intrusive on my face. And I don't know, it just seems like to play a game with the mask on, it just seems a little uh, overboard on the paranoid fear. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, with most states, or a lot of states reaching their uh, their one day high. It's uh, people are concerned, and I, I think a lot of the players are uh, are concerned as well. And I guess if I have to take a mask over them not playing, I, I guess that's that's what I'll go with. So where are we at with fans in the MLB? Do we know? Uh, nowhere close. I, I doubt you'll see fans at all this season, uh, honestly. Uh, you know, and it kind of stinks, uh, but, I mean, at least sports will be back. The people I feel bad for, you know, you look at uh, this season could wind up being maybe a make or break for some guys as far as getting into the Hall of Fame because of the shortened season. I mean, you could see guys come up with maybe, you know, 40 home runs short of being in the Hall of Fame or 100 or 200 hits short of being in the Hall of Fame. And that uh, that would suck for guys who didn't get to play the full season and maybe could affect what could be a Hall of Fame career. Well, I tell you what, the whole thing has kind of gotten – I guess where I'm at with this is we want to be careful because we are certainly starting to see a second wave of things. Uh, but also – we want to be able – I just feel like we're living in this bubble of fear, and it's just not getting any any better. And this fear porn is just kind of just crazy. It just feels like that – and I'm not trying to say take it lightly because, believe me, it hit very close home to me. So I'm certainly not saying take it lightly, and I'm not minimizing the risk. But I heard a, a doctor on Clay Travis yesterday, uh, Dr. Chow, say – that it's kind of like getting a sunburn. You don't get a sunburn for the, when the first time you're out there and you're exposed to the sun rays. It's 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 a prolonged period of time, and so he he's he said that you know you have to actually be in contact with multiple forms of the virus before you're actually um, infected with it, which is kind of why they're they're doing the social distancing thing. Uh, but I, I guess at some point. It's going to have to work through it, through its system. So so let's break it down. Here we go with the with the MLB coming back. I think the first game is on on July 23rd. We're going to go through the the games here in just a minute. On just kind of let's break it down. Uh, I, I I think that they're going to be going on, but I've heard of some cancellations of games. So uh, break it down. What we know, the MLB coming back as it stands right now. Uh, you know that's the thing is there's what what do we really know there's there's uh you know normally we've seen the teams a bunch by now and you know let's see a few spring training games but I mean we know there's teams that spend a lot of money in, in the off season you know the uh, Garrett Cole looked pretty good the other day in an inner squad game but at the end of the day what do we really know because it's going to be a short season 60 games you could be a mediocre team and get hot and wind up in the playoffs where a, a great team could start slow and not. So uh, there's a lot of excitement, I think, because of the shortened season. But 
I don't know what to really break down at this point just because we, we really don't know. The Royals could come out, you know, gangbusters, and we see some really good teams at times start come out of the gate slow, and, and that could be detrimental to one of these, these top teams, a team like the Yankees. They could start it off slow, and they could wind up missing the playoffs because of, of the shortened season. So this is like watching, uh, you know, uh, uh, late August and, and September baseball now. Uh, so that's what we're going to wind up with, and, and it could be it could be somewhat exciting. Well, you know, this is also the time of year where we would be typically talking about, you know, the trade rumors and, and things that are going on. And really, I mean, the only one that stands out in my mind right now is Gavin Lux, and he reports uh, to the Dodgers camp uh, in, in that trade there. But we're not even been hearing about that. Are they just not doing deals, or are they just saying, hey, we're just going to play the season out with the way we got it? Well, I mean, you know, normally right now we'd be looking for – teams of their contenders to, you know, basically make one-year rentals for a lot of teams, guys getting rid of, of big-name players who's contacting them at the end of the year. But I don't know that teams want to take that chance right now without starting the uh, season yet because what if you take on a guy's salary for the last couple of months of his contract, which is a big salary, and, uh, you know, games wind up getting canceled again. So I think teams are being very cautious and kind of seeing – how things go and how things start before there there's any type of moves made. Uh, you know, you don't go acquire a, a guy with a huge payroll number like Jim Carlos Stanton and not know what's going to happen yet because then you're on the hook for paying that. Uh, should games continue to get canceled or, or not resume? So I think teams are being very cautious right now and seeing what, kind of what's going to happen because as of right now, you know, let's be honest. We're going to be starting at the end of July, beginning of August, and every team's in it. We've never been able to say that in the history of baseball. So, you know, every team, I think, believes at this point they might have somewhat of a chance. So I'm sure they've got some policies in place to come in the clubhouse, to get on the field, get off the field. Uh, but, you know, what what are what are some of the – are we going to have some rule changes where you can't rush them uh, the mound and basically – tackle the catcher are we going to have some rule changes where you don't have to tag the player i mean are we going to get that extreme as of right now no but i would love to see uh a guy you know get hit by a pitch put his mask on and then charge the pitcher that would be amazing uh <laughs> no i mean as of right now because you know you, you're going to have guys standing on first base that are being held on by the first baseman so uh you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't see foresee any changes. But again, I think you know, and baseball has the biggest problem with it. You know, we saw how slow moving they were just to get an agreement to get back. So uh, it, them getting changes ratified, it, it's it would be damn near impossible for them in this short period of time. They, uh, the players' union and Major League Baseball don't get along at all. So them trying to put rules effect without having. Uh, uh, having them in the Players Association agree, I don't see happening. Well, and here's the other thing. We talk about the social distancing. I mean, you can't be six – well, I guess you can if you're leading off to try to steal from first to second or whatever, but you can't be six feet away from uh, the first baseman and, and the batter and the and the first base coach. No, and, and same thing when you're batting at home plate. The catcher's right behind you, and the umpire's right over on top of him. So it's uh, – uh, it's going to be, you know, impossible to do that. And, you know, NBA players are going to be pushing up against each other. They're going to be playing basketball the normal way. And, 
and bodies are actually, you know, touching each other and colliding there. So if I'm a baseball player, you've probably got the, the best social distance sport of uh, other than racing of them all because hockey, you're, you're, you're checking guys on the board and what have you. And football, you're getting tackled by dudes. And in basketball, you're, you're body to body most of the time. So, uh, you know, if you're playing baseball, you're, you're probably the most social distance sport there is out there. So what happens? We come in, we start the we start the season, and let's say one week in, two weeks in. Um, insert name here with the Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs, the Dodgers, whatever. It go, goes into uh, the clubhouse and tests as positive. He's then going to be put in quarantine, obviously. But what happens to the rest of that clubhouse? Are we going to start seeing teams just close down because now we got to close the entire team down? We got to close the entire facility down uh, because of one. And then, then what happens if we have multiple players in, in the same team across the the league uh, test positive? It, it comes to a screeching halt. When you when you think. Yeah, but you know, since baseball is a sport that, uh, with teams have money they're getting test results back within hours. So they get tested before uh, they come into the park and within a couple of hours, they know, I, I think sports teams because of the money they have and, and the access they have to getting tests back quicker, will have a, a better chance of stopping stuff, uh, you know, pretty quick. Uh, is it going to be able to stop an outbreak? I mean, you know, more than infecting everybody possibly, but, uh, you know, you show up there to play the Reds and their, you know, half their team is now quarantined. I mean, what do you do that day? Because they're on a tight schedule the way it is. So it, uh, it, it will be definitely interesting, but, you know, you look at, uh, you, you know, you look at a bunch of States to where, you know, they're, they're almost going backwards uh, with the amount of, uh, of infections they have, you know, Ohio had their single worst day of infections in, in, during the entire pandemic yesterday. They had over a thousand new cases in one day. Uh, you know, so it's not just Florida and, and Texas and, and those other states that uh, have the beaches and stuff. You know, it happened uh, next to us in Ohio yesterday. So it, it, uh, it will be very interesting to see if sports are able to pull this off. I, I have a feeling that uh, as guys get sick, we're going to see, A, more guys back opt out, and we will see uh, – we could see them come back to a screeching halt again. So uh, I, I think we're lucky maybe if we see, like you said, two weeks of games. Yeah, and it's going to be crazy. I, and I even heard rumors that they've already decided to possibly cancel the the uh, Reds and Tigers uh, game on the 24th. Did you hear that? I saw that there was a possibility that they might. I hadn't seen that they did. I, I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked at this point. You know, when you've got uh, when you've got things spiking in both of those states, I I wouldn't be shocked to to see that happen. It's. Uh, it's uh, as you know, because it hit your family too. It's some scary stuff, man. It's uh, it's nothing that I would wish on my worst enemy, uh, other than uh, you know my mom was able to lose like thirty pounds by being sick. Other than that, uh, I don't think there's anything about it that I I'd care to have. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty nasty stuff. So, well, let's just kind of talk about our regional teams and move on to the NBA. Uh, certainly, I know you, uh, you're a Cubs fan and you uh, cover the Cleveland market a little bit. So, with the Indians, so let's talk a little bit about the Cubs and the Indians. You know, the Cubs are in an interesting spot. David Ross as the new manager, uh, with no managing obviously experience. He was part of that 2016 team. 
uh, one of the leaders on that team. Uh, you know, you're, it's going to be interesting to see what you get uh, uh, from the pitching staff. You Darvish uh, finished the year up strong for the Cubs, and I think the what happened with the Astros maybe it psychologically was validation for you Darvish in his mind. So, you know, maybe things changed psychologically for him after. Uh, a lot of people blamed him for blowing the World Series for the Dodgers because he was tipping his pitches, and now we know that wasn't true. Um, you know, as far as hitting goes, it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do with Chris Bryant. There's been a lot of talks of them uh, possibly moving him uh, this season or in the offseason. That sometimes messes with a dude's head. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see for the uh, for the Cubs what happens. As far as the, uh, as the Indians go, I mean, you're to a point where – the Indians have continued to cut salary and, and move big name players, uh, and uh, I would see that trend continue. Uh, Francisco Lindor is the next guy who's no the Indians aren't going to pay. So within the next uh, probably this season, you could see uh, him being moved for prospects, which is is not uh, going to make a bunch of uh, a bunch of Indians fans happy. Pitching obviously is going to struggle because of all the moves they made. You say goodbye to your your top two pitchers and, and, and things tend to fall apart. So uh, it, uh, it could be a long, long season for Indians fans. You know, let's talk a little bit about the, the Reds and the Cardinals. What, what do we got? What do we know about them? What are your thoughts on them? No, this I mean, year? The Reds have been a fun young team the last couple of years. They haven't been able to put it all together yet, but I mean, you know, they've made moves that, that while they haven't been huge moves have been fun pieces. Uh, you know, I think that you're getting to the point, and after a while, when you're so bad, uh, you get so many good draft picks, you, you've got to get better. But, you know, this could be a fun year for the Reds. This could be, especially with the short season, this could be uh, where they compete. You know, and, and the Cardinals have, uh, you know, kind of scratched the surface of the playoffs the uh, the last few years. And you, uh, as a Cubs fan, you hope to see them continue to not. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you've got guys on that team that can definitely hit the baseball and, uh, you know, you've got uh, good to, to pretty good pitching on that team, you know, and the Cardinals are always a dangerous team. They're all, they're a well put together organization. They're a well-managed team and they always hang right around there. So uh, there's never a year where you look at the Cardinals and go, Oh, this is going to be a terrible year. So, you know, the Cardinals could very well, again, with a shortened season, when you've got a team that maybe you don't feel is a, a Yankees caliber team, this is the type of season where, you know, a team that's just good enough can get hot and, and win a World Series. So at this point, they're definitely a team that, that could contend for the World Series. Do we put an asterisk behind the World Series no matter who wins it this year? No, I mean, if you if you do, you put it just to explain – uh, what happened, but I, no, I don't think you get the Barry Bonds, uh, Mark McGuire type asterisk for this year. You can only play as a player, you know, what's in front of you in the games that, uh, that you have to play. So, uh, you know, you go through and win a, a championship. I, I don't think you see an asterisk in my opinion. So we saw some interesting news in college football, which, you know, it's beginning to look doubtful that we, that we will have a normal college football season. But here's the thing that, that we we saw we saw the Pac-12 announced that they're going to only do uh, conference only uh, slate for football and other fall sports. Big Ten is following suit. We can only assume that others will as well. And so that comes 
to be kind of tricky with college football, especially when you look at a team like Notre Dame, who doesn't belong to any conference. So they might be without a season all along. And then there's the big TV contracts that come with Alabama, that come with uh, Notre Dame, that come with Clemson, that they come with Ohio State. There's those big TV contracts. You're not going to see the Ohio State, Michigan, I mean, the Ohio State Ohio State uh, Notre Dame game. You're not going to see, uh, you know, Alabama and, you know, other. It, and then if we're not playing, if we're not playing interconference games, how do we get to a championship? So I, 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 I just see here that this, this uh, 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 college football season and fall sports season is going to be a big circle jerk. Yeah, I mean, the Ohio State Athletic Director, Ohio State has actually shut down uh, all uh, sports uh, workouts right now because of an outbreak on their campus. Uh, He said uh, the other day that uh, he feels that college football is not going to happen at all, and we've seen a couple other places, coaches say that. Uh, And it's very possible for Notre Dame, uh, because in every other sport they belong to the ACC and they're contracted to so many ACC games football-wise a year, you would probably see schedules be changed around so Notre Dame continued uh, to just play ACC games uh, at that point. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, there's a very you've got a better shot of seeing the NFL than you do college football because the kids are athletes. It's college athletes. They don't get paid. Uh, there's a better chance of college football and, and possibly college basketball again. Uh, getting canceled and and not the pros. If the if these college kids were getting paid, it'd probably be a different story. But you look at it, how much college football and college basketball fund a majority of these universities. Uh, you know, we've seen businesses go under. Uh, you know, you could see some some colleges lose college sports altogether because of this, uh, because of the money that's made from football and, and basketball. And you know, they fund. Uh, you know, almost all the other sports where people don't uh, uh, spectate it, you know, track and field and archery and, uh, you know, so some of the baseball teams are funded with it and girls sports and uh, it could, no college football this year, no college basketball could change some college sports uh, forever. Yeah, I, I totally agree that this economic impact, it's going to be crazy. Uh, the NBA is in their bubble down in Florida and uh, not liking the food that they're being fed. They're poor little babies. <laughs> Did you see the social media uproar about uh, how what they're being fed and how they're being fed? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then, then we see we talked about it offline, but Victor Owen Depot says, yeah, not for me. But here's the thing with Victor. I'm. It's just it, it goes completely against what the Pacers had, had talked about that uh, – and I know we beat this to, to death, but it just seems like there's a lot of Paul George's kind of things going on here with Victor Owen Depot. And if that's the case, I I mean, I'm not saying that Victor wants to get out of Indianapolis, but I, I think that there might be some people talking in his ear. No, I mean, you know, A, he's in a contract year, which is, you know, big for any guy who's a, a star. But, you know, uh, from – the doctors have told him and told the team that, you know, he is uh, because of the, the start and stop of the season and uh, where he was in his recovery and, and the way things would go now that his risk of re-injuring himself is high. So if he does resign with the Pacers, you want 100% Victor Oladipo next year when things hopefully return back to normal. 
Uh, you know, like I said last week, I don't think the Pacers are anywhere near sniffing a championship this year. They don't have the firepower uh, yet to compete with teams like the Lakers or the Celtics. So uh, him not playing for, you know, three weeks of games or four weeks of games, whatever it winds up being, uh, before they're eventually eliminated in the first round, it, it doesn't bother me uh, whatsoever. I'd rather have a, a 100% Victor Oladipo when the next full NBA season starts and uh, be able to build my team around him, continue into the future. You know, remember he when he, he as he tried to come back from that injury for the first few games he played, he wasn't the Victor Oladipo of old. Now his last game before. Uh, the world stopped. Uh, you know, he had a pretty damn good game, but you know, he wasn't the Victor Oladipo we remembered. He was trying to figure out uh, things for himself and coming back from that injury. So, uh, with the way he had to do rehab-wise, normally you don't start a season, all of a sudden things stop. So, uh, if the doctor's saying, "Hey, look, man, uh, you know, you got a really good chance of a high chance of re-injuring that uh, injury," I would say. You know, I would sit too. And it's not like he's staying home and not going. And, you know, he's still going down with the team. He's still going to sit there with the team. Uh, you know, and maybe if he feels good, there's a chance he plays. They haven't, the, the Pacers haven't ruled him out or, 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 you know, cut him off the roster yet. Uh, so if things go good, maybe there is a chance we do see Victor Oladipo. But at this point, I'd rather see a healthy Victor Oladipo in the future as opposed to risking it for 22 games. Yeah, and he's also going down there not playing and getting paid. So uh, there's that. Uh, and, you know, if we're being honest, we don't have a lot of time to get into this conversation, but if we're being honest about Victor Rowan Depot, he's not as big of a star as he thinks he is. He just isn't. He's not even as big of a star as Paul George. And he's mediocre at best because, of, I mean, we ha- he had that good season when he came. Believe me, he, he, he lit up our, a, a very lost uh, Pacer organization and really – it gave a, a shot of enthusiasm to the organization. And believe me, I'm a fan of Victor Owen Depot. I mean, obviously he went to IU. I, I'm a fan of Victor Owen Depot, but I think he thinks he's a little bit bigger than he really is. So we'll, we'll have to, to see how, how that plays out. Mo from the BS Sports Show, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, hey, we're going to make sure that you do the Get Up Challenge too, man. If I have to do it, you have to do it. Once I see your video, I will, uh, I will attempt it. But I'm not doing it until I see yours up there, Tom. All right. I'll try to get it up this weekend, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good weekend. Don't hurt yourself. Yes. That, that very might be possible. You never know with me. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. See ya. Mo for the BS Sports Show, guys. Get that Get It Challenge up on Twitter at T-Balance, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, 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 we'll get it posted. Uh, and and uh, the Get Up Challenge. We're doing it just for fun, you know, just to bring the juices back. We're, we're, we're slowly bringing back sports. Uh, but uh, check out, we, we put a sample video up on, on Twitter. Get up challenge. Here, let's, let's do it again. Let's try it. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. Now lean back, put your hips in it. Let's have some fun. Uh, to the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. 
Now take your left hand and put it on your side. Gonna roll your shoulders. Do the slip and slide. This next part's my favorite part of this time of shot. Gonna do the two step and cow. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Make sure you do your Get Up Challenge. Get it up on Twitter. It's all just for fun, and we'll make sure that we retweet it and and showcase it for you. Also, uh, put you can put it on our Facebook page as well, and we'll make sure that we get that uh, approved promptly. A lot of fun with that video. I know uh, probably a lot of people have already done it, so just go ahead and just uh, post it up there uh, for us. Thanks to Mo for the BS Sports Show for joining us, uh, talking a little bit about the return of baseball, what may or may not happen. They may get it started, but they may not finish. I think this has got disaster written all over it. Of course, the return of NBA coming as well, and some college football talk uh, as far as the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are saying only interconference plays. Uh, Joining us now, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, happy Saturday to you. Well, I wish it was a happy Saturday, but I tell you, the way the sports world's going within the last 72 hours and the inaction of WNBA's commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, to not depose an owner who has anti-remarks toward homosexuals and black people 
I think is such a, a black guy for the WNBA right now. Uh, it, it's just ruining the opening of their season, which is coming in just a few weeks, that they have not taken action on a situation that when Adam Silver had a situation with Darlene Sterling several years ago, he immediately responded and deposed Sterling. So I don't see what the difference is in this. And I think that fact uh, just uh, disillusions me from watching a WNBA game uh, once they get started here in a few weeks. Well, I have to admit, I've only seen the outskirts of all that. I haven't re- did a deep dive onto that story, so I, I, I can't uh, form an official opinion on that. But, you know, on the surface, it doesn't look good, that's for sure. Hey, but let's talk a little bit about uh, up there in, in your neck of the woods. Here, here's the thing. What we saw yesterday, the Pac-12 said only interconference. Big Ten saying the same. We, we look for this to happen in the SEC, and, and we look for this to happen in, 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 in other conferences. Pretty much it's going to probably happen across – of the board. So what happens here is one, you're going to have TV contracts that are going to be hurt ultimately. I think we're going to be in a situation where we're not even going to have a college football season. But it, let's say we do. Let's say that we do it, keeping it in place with with only the uh, uh, no out of conference things. That puts Notre Dame in kind of a hairy pickle, and with the big TV contracts that Notre Dame has. Certainly not going to bankrupt the school, uh, certainly not Notre Dame, but it could other schools uh, because they do depend on these uh, TV contracts. But you're not going to see a Notre Dame in an Ohio State game. You're not going to see a um, Notre Dame in a Navy game. You're not going to see some of these games that that people pay big money to see, uh, and you're not going to see a a Notre Dame in the Michigan game. You're not going to see those games, and I just just think this is going to be a big – Mass uh, waiting to unfold. What are your thoughts on the return of college football? My only question right now is now that it looks like Notre Dame is going to be a temporary ACC member, are they going to be put in the Atlantic or the Coastal <coughs> Division and are they eligible to go for that championship? Because the ACC commissioner said they are going to help Notre Dame make up their schedule. So I'm assuming that means a temporary membership. My only question now is if you're going to make them a temporary member, isn't it fair then to allow them to compete for that championship? Well, see, and I, I tell you, that's just going to stir up a hornet's nest, Matt, because if they get temporary permission to be in the ACC, but still, how are we going to have a championship? How are you going to have a championship if you don't play in teams outside of your conference? Well, at best, maybe at best, maybe they would be an ACC champion. But, okay, I can live with that a little bit better, but if they somehow figure out a way to play a national championship and Notre Dame gets into a national championship on a temporary uh, permission with the ACC, I think that's just, again, Notre Dame plays in its, its own world. They, I love Notre Dame football. Don't get me wrong. I love I enjoyed going to my first Notre Dame game. I love Notre Dame football. But they, they do things by the they march by their own drum, by their own beat. But here's the thing, though. If the ACC blocks Notre Dame, what the, Notre Dame's probably reaction is going to be, we're out of the ACC and everything. So the team that would – the group that would actually stand to lose the most in this situation would be the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, they have a member, they have attention that they would not get otherwise. So why would the commissioner of the ACC put all that in danger by saying no to Notre Dame? 
No, I agree with you. He totally will say yes to Notre Dame. For, but but I, my, my point is, if we're just playing in-conference football, it's just not going to work out in the end. It's just not going to play out well in the end. Well, let's go ahead and move on to some IndyCar. I tell you what, it was really uh, kind of exciting to see uh, both Xfinity and IndyCar on the road track at, at Indianapolis last week. Of course, we had the Brickyard as well. But Scott Dixon is proven. Of course, we, we, we don't have a lot of data to, to gauge on for this year, and, and we'll see what happens up in Wisconsin uh, this weekend. But Scott Dixon seems to have it all figured out, uh, especially on these road courses. Yeah, another thing on that, though, is with NASCAR announcing that they're also going to do a road course race in Daytona now, is this starting to become too much of a good thing with these road courses where it's going to, you know, anger the hardcore oval track fans? That's the only thing yeah. that I have a concern about, you know, adding all these road course events. I love them, but not necessarily the majority of people in NASCAR love road course and road racing. So it'll be interesting to see if that positively or negatively affects the sport. I mean, it will help me, but I'm not the majority of the fan base. Now, as far as Scott Dixon, I mean, it's the same thing you're seeing with Kevin Harvick in NASCAR. One guy has gotten control and gotten the momentum, and that's how it's been rolling so far. And obviously, I'd say based on that, you have to view them him as the favorite uh, heading into the doubleheader this weekend at Road America. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Road America. Obviously, that's a course up in Wisconsin, a really good course. It's another road road course. Uh, we've got a, we got a, a doubleheader this weekend. Uh, talk with us a little bit about that track and, and the strategy that teams have in place to do well at Road America. Well, hopefully things work out as far as the quarantine because there is a limited number of fans that are going to be in the stands. They're going to be spread out around the track so hopefully we don't have a massive breakout in that area because of that so this is going to be the first true test i would say as to whether or not indy can do it with you know the 50 percent capacity as they predict if it comes out clean here uh that's a step in the right direction uh looking ahead to the indianapolis 500 they want to do a 50 percent capacity next month 100 and 100 some odd thousand fans at Indianapolis. It's still a lot of fans, but it's still going to look uh, pretty empty. And, you know, I was listening to Dick Bowles on the radio this week, and he was just saying that the unfortunate thing about it is that uh, a lot of fans are saying, well, we can't travel. This is not a good day for us. I don't want to come in these circumstances because of people being sick. I'm afraid of being sick. And so their ticket sales aren't what they thought they would be. So the good thing is if you want to go to the Indianapolis 500 and be part of that 50%, there's still a very good chance you can do that. I went online, and and I'll probably purchase a ticket myself because they're doing things a little bit different with the media this year. So I'll probably just purchase a ticket, a general admission ticket, so I can space myself out out there uh, in turn four and and watch the race like I normally do. And it won't be near as crowded as it it typically is, but I think to be there – and I think they're still going to try to do all the opening ceremonies uh, with the Indianapolis uh, uh, 500. So we'll see. Hopefully they can they can get that off. But if you do want to go to the 500, I mean, you can relatively get in relatively inexpensively for uh, a general admission ticket. And and if you're if you're seasoned ticket holders or if you're uh, uh, legacy ticket holders, none of that nothing changes. You certainly have your your, your place in line for that. 
But if those don't sell, they'll have, make those seats available, and they're going to have everything set up in kind of a social distancing setting type thing. It'd be interesting how they do this with the restrooms and how they do this with the, the concessions and that sort of stuff. Uh, obviously, they're probably not going to allow people back in the garages. That would be my guess. So that's, that's going to be out of the question uh, for fans. Uh, they're probably going to have some sort of rule there at uh, Gasoline Alley as far as being able to stand close there and, and uh, get pictures. Probably not going to be able to do that. So there's going to be a lot of different things that are different with the fans when you say uh, uh matt i would say that'd be the protocol i mean for instance when i had down a qualifying uh weekend i'm probably going to just set up and wait get in my car wait until all the area people clear out then get out myself and then i'm going to probably just head up and set up shop and turn three uh all day that'd probably be the way that i'm going to handle things where i'm you know not in any danger to myself or others and uh, that's the way I'm going to handle it. And I'm assuming, hopefully, in the main areas, they'll have to do that. Because that's where I'd say the biggest concern is, is the main grandstands, uh, especially on the front straightaway where a lot of people are going to congregate. My guess is you're not going to have a problem with parking this year. So uh, I guess there's one advantage uh, to that. But, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And that's probably they got to jam them all together inside turn three like they normally do on qualifying week. And I hope they don't, but I'm fearing they might. Yeah. That's a very good possibility as well. So we'll have to we we'll have to see how things pan out. And my my guess is they're not going to be allowing camping, and the coke lot's not going to be open. If we heard anything on that, not that I know of yet. Okay. I'm assuming there'd be there'd be parking passes like it's been the last two years. Be my guess. Well, we'll see how how it all plays out. It's coming up on August 23rd here in Indianapolis. Let's break down this weekend's race. Uh, what, who's, who's the players? Who's the dark horses? Uh, tell us the stables to look at, and what, what are we looking at in this weekend's doubleheader up in Wisconsin? Well, obviously, Dixon's the favorite. Now, granted, I think he needs to qualify better and get in the fast six. I think they have a more realistic shot than he had at Indianapolis. I think, obviously, the strategy paid off for him there, but you can't necessarily bank on that being the way to win. And, uh, you know, it's Obviously, fuel mileage is going to be a concern because there's, if you run out of gas on this circuit, you can't make it all the way back to the finish line because of that uphill pit lane entry. So you have to be super careful on that sense. You can't be overly aggressive on fuel mileage, I don't think. So uh, I think qualifying is going to be key. And uh, I just think this will be the place where Team Penske is going to break through. And if I go on that route, I'm going to say Will Power is going to be the one to break through for Team Penske. Uh, the guy really needs to get going after two lackluster finishes to open uh, the uh, season so far. What do you think about this IndyCar NASCAR crossover? I really feel I think that I, I said all along maybe they should do something like this, and I think that the Xfinity Series put on a really good show on the road course. And there's a lot of people who, like you said, that, that are getting road course happy. But I've heard a lot of people on social media say, "Hey, let's not do the ovals with NASCAR. Let's keep it on." On, on the road course, but with the Grand Prix always been on the road course, but it was kind of cool to see uh, uh, IndyCar, uh, Grand Prix, and then the Xfinity race uh, on the same track on the same weekend. And I know Roger Penske likes the idea of possibly having more crossovers, and let's face it, nobody has more money or influence on both series, and also with the with the TV networks than Roger Penske, so maybe if he uh, 
he says, let's do this. It'll, it'll be something that we see coming uh, as, as, as a pretty much of a regular basis and maybe pretty much of a regular thing in Indianapolis. Yeah, they keep talking about that. But, again, to get into logistics to work uh, with, especially during the month of May, it's going to be tough because you have the NASCAR drivers in Charlotte normally for the all-star race and then the Charlotte 600, and then you have the Indy race. So I don't know if you could cross them there. And, well, the other, other way to do it would be to have two IndyCar weekends during the season. I don't know if they moved that harvest event to the weekend of the Brickyard 400 or not that they're planning for this year. But uh, beyond that, uh, I'd say that's the only way you can do it, at least for Indianapolis, because both – I don't think they're going to move the Memorial Day weekend NASCAR event out of Charlotte. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I know. But, however, they they haven't been known to run uh, Xfinity and NASCAR uh, two different tracks on the same weekend. I think it's more important for them to keep the Memorial Day weekend uh, NASCAR race at Charlotte than it is the Xfinity race. So they could, in theory, still do Memorial Day weekend here in Indianapolis with the Xfinity series and the Grand Prix. Or even even if it wasn't the same day, even if it wasn't the same day, even if they moved it to that Saturday or to a Friday, it could work. Sounds like a question for Steve Phelps on that one because I don't know how that would sit with NASCAR fans feeling like that they're kind of stepping down or stooping down to the IndyCar's level as they claim they are, at least the people in down south claim they are. So I'd be very curious to see what he would have to say about a possibility like that. So IndyCar is focusing on Ferrari as a third-engine supplier. What are your thoughts with that? It obviously brings a big name in, but the only question is, is how much money is it going to bring in? Is it going to up the costs to run for both Honda and Chevrolet? That's been my chief concern on this because Ferrari spends a lot of money on its racing programs, and the question is, does that raise the stakes for Chevrolet and Honda? And, of course, remember, Honda keeps talking about their interest in NASCAR, if things get too expensive in IndyCar, that might be the ship that breaks the camel's back and possibly boots them over to NASCAR, for all we know. So uh, one of the things that IndyCar is going to be doing up in Wisconsin uh, this weekend is they're uh, going to be creating some sort of a cooling option for the aero screen. Uh, what, do, what do we know about that? That's the piping that we talked about and that is now a required thing it was initially announced that it would not be required at texas but now they are saying you must have it in there and i think they will check during pit stops to see make sure it is connected and unless it's completely broken or proved to be broken they may start issuing penalties for teams where that cooling system gets detached at least that's what i believe they're going to do as far as uh, that possibility so we were just talking about the the, the IndyCar and, and NASCAR crossover. Here's something kind of interesting, and I want to see how this plays out because with this is two completely different fan bases. But if you can get, uh, if you can pull from one fan base to another fan base and kind of put them in the track at the same time, I, you you might have something there. But IndyCar, NASCAR trucks are going to race on the same day at Gateway. They did it at Texas several years when uh, they had that uh, IndyCar race at Texas. They'd have the day before the NASCAR truck. So it didn't seem to draw that big of a crowd, but uh, maybe with the greater interest now, 
is that it's getting back in. Maybe it might draw some attention again. We'll see how it plays out, obviously. Well, we're certainly going to keep our eye on things. It's just kind of been crazy as things uh, get undone and, and, and ready to come back to sports. So, overall, let's just kind of talk about the comeback of sports. MLB's coming back. We were just talking with Mo, and, and here's what one of the dangers that we see happening. One, they're not going to change any of the rules in place. You've got the umpire over the catcher, the catcher directly behind the batter. You've got uh, the first place, first base uh, uh, player, the third base player. You've got the coaches. So the, the close proximity uh, between the players are going to be huge. And then you're going to have the danger that if, if one person in the clubhouse is infected, that it could you could get some sort of outbreak within that organization. So you've got, for example, Major League Soccer. We saw FC Dallas have to withdraw from the MLS's back tournament. And yesterday we saw Nashville withdraw because of multiple too many positive COVID tests. So now, granted, they're bringing in 28 teams into one area as opposed to the NBA's that only has 22 or NWSL only has six. But still, that's got to be a concern that now you're going to have to keep redoing the schedules and stuff like that anytime a team withdraws. And that's happened twice with Major League Soccer already this week with their MLS's back tournament. Well, and that's why we, we were just saying that, you know, it, we'll be surprised if the MLB makes it two weeks. And we're already seeing cancellations. Like I heard yesterday that, that the Reds and the Tigers are canceling their game on the 23rd. So we're already seeing some of this uh, come uh, come to play. Um, and, and then we've, and we've got issues baseball because they're not doing it in one area. They're still spread out. So, and the travel situations. So yeah, it's going to be much tougher for them as opposed to these little mini tournaments that are being held elsewhere for NHL, NBA and soccer, et cetera. And the NFL is going to have the same problem as well, I would think. Well, the NFL looks like, and we're going to be getting into this with Ed Kratz here at, at, uh, in our last segment here, uh, but uh, the, the NFL looks like they're, they're not even going to be having a preseason. So that's going to be interesting how that, how, how that plays out and in, in, in gets going as well. So we'll see how that goes. Look at the NBA. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the NBA? We were already seeing some outbreaks, uh, 18 to 20 outbreaks, and we saw uh, – a huge outbreak in Ohio, which is obviously very close to our proximity. Uh, so they, my doctor told me a couple of weeks ago that in every pandemic that the United States has ever been through, there's always been that second wave. So it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And I think we're starting to see that second wave start to come together. And so we may not, we may not have sports back as we know it for at least another year. That's the thing that frustrates me as I wear my mask everywhere and yet everyone around me is not masked. That's embarrassing to me and it just makes me wonder, well, is it even worth it? I mean, I work my tail off just to make sure these sports get going and then the majority don't do it, which kind of just frustrates things. And I mean, the seriousness of this is not being taken seriously enough and, uh, you're right. I think we're going to have an even worse second wave than we've had the first wave uh, if this continues. And obviously, that's going to put sports on even greater hold. Like I said a few months ago, the biggest thing is making sure this doesn't extend into where we have trouble in 2021. No, you're absolutely right. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say something else there. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So we'll have to see how how all of this plays out. So. Um, 
you got the MLB coming back, so let's talk a little bit. You're, you're in pro- close proximity to the Cubs there. What are you thought about, about the Cubs this year? I think the DH role really helps them because that gives them more flexibility now that, where they don't necessarily have to play Kyle Schwarber in the outfield. Now, granted, Schwarber wants to play in the outfield and be a regular player instead of the DH, but that does leave that option and available to them where they can put an extra bat in the lineup. So I think if there is an M- a major league team or a national league team that is tailor-made to be able to handle the transition to a DH rule, uh, the Cubs might be that team. Now, that doesn't mean they're the favorite by any means in the National League, but it certainly, I think, aids their cause in what I think is going to be a very competitive National League Central Division, especially, I think, their biggest challenge coming from the Cincinnati Reds. And the Cardinals. <laughs> well, the Reds are... Maybe Reds the are yeah, you know, the, the, the National the League Central... I think, yeah, the National League Central is going to... USBT is a big-time Cardinals fan is skeptical of just how competitive they'll be this year. Well... Yeah, we're, we're we're talking about a 60-game series if everything goes off without a hitch and if everything goes together. And so, really, we've never had a situation where every every team is in it and every team has the possibility of, of going into the, the playoffs and having a good spot. So, you know, it's it's really anybody's game at, the, at this point. But there again, the big if, if it happens, if it happens, and right now, I'm in doubt whether or not that this will, will even happen, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but like I said, I've already heard uh, that the the Reds and the Tigers will be canceling uh, their games, and so we'll just ha- we'll have to see. Obviously, they, they they got rid of minor league baseball for this year, which is you know a huge impact to a lot of players. This is gonna this also has the potential of hurt hurting uh, players that maybe have the potential uh, when they retire of getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I think we're not going to have a fair look on a World Series. So there's just going to be a lot of uh, things to, to look at and reflect at with the MLB uh, when it when it comes uh, comes uh, back to, to rocking and rolling. Matthew Embry, uh, WSBT. The, yeah, the Major League Baseball is – 2021 once we do get a full season we still have no cba looking ahead so that's going to be taken care of as well yeah absolutely and that's going to be another uh hairy thing to 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 see how that pans out matthew embry wspt up in south bend our official indycar contributor and uh uh so uh matthew any any uh words final words of wisdom sir hot take of the day toyota bluegrass stakes another prep for the kentucky derby a Philly has never won that race since its debut in 1937. Swiss Skydiver. Swiss Skydiver could change that. She is the morning line favorite entering today's event. That could be history made at Keeneland in Lexington, Kentucky, later this afternoon. Now we'll see how that pans out. Matthew, we're going to be watching your Twitter for your Get Up Challenge. You need to get it up there, man. I need to figure out how to make GIFs work because I don't have my software is limited with my little Lenovo yoga, but we'll see how I can do what I can do. All right, buddy. Matthew Embry, WSPT up in South Bend, our official Indy car contributor. Have yourself a good weekend, sir. You too, Tom. <laughs> Matthew Embry helping us break down some Indy car there in uh, Wisconsin. Obviously talked a little bit about the road course with here in Indianapolis, uh, in, in the crossovers between NASCAR and uh, uh, NASCAR and IndyCar. Coming up next, though, we'll be having 
Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest is going to join us and uh, talk a little bit about some NASCAR from last week at the Brickyard. And we had some action, especially on pit row, people. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. All right, welcome back to the Balance One Hour in the Books. Thank you to Mo for the BS Sports Show, helping us break down the return of the MLB, the NBA, and sports in general, uh, but still no fans. Uh, and so hopefully we'll get get to that. It was kind of eerie last week seeing no fans at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And certainly we had some really good racing. We're going to be talking with uh, Steve Wilson here in just a minute from Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief, and our special, I mean, our, our NASCAR contributor, uh, just had Matthew Embry, WSPT up in South Bend, joined us and uh, just talking about IndyCar out in NASCAR, uh, IndyCar and NASCAR out at Brickyard last week, and of course uh, the Road America up in Wisconsin. Steve Wilson, W, you're not from WSPT. My brain is fried, buddy, totally fried. Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest. How are you, sir? <laughs> Doing well. How about yourself? Oh man, I tell you what, it's just like ah. 
losing losing my mind. Can't put all my words together, but hey, it, it is what what it is. Uh, Steve, let's just get into this. Last week it was a really fun race to watch out at the Brickyard on both the Brickyard and the road course, and we got a lot of a lot of fans now that are starting to get road course happy, if you will. And my fear is we might. Then we might uh, spook away some oval fans if they go too heavy on this. But I am a big fan of having uh, the Xfinity Series uh, and even maybe even NASCAR, the NASCAR Brickyard, on the road course. Because I felt like that the Xfinity race did a great job out at the road course last week in Indianapolis. Well, it's a style of racing that NASCAR fans have asked for for quite some time. And, um, you know, we... we in the Cup Series, we only went to Sonoma, we only went to Watkins Glen, and Xfinity Series, and just last few years, we finally just started opening up and going to places like Road America and um, Mid-Ohio and things like that. So, you know, it's something that NASCAR fans felt, but when you when you start looking at um, the Cup Series, uh, you know, you have a lot of 1.5-mile racetracks, and uh, you saw what Charlotte did uh, a couple of years ago by converting and going to the Pro Bowl. And, um, you know, just a couple of weeks from now, uh, they're going to go to the road course down in Daytona. So, you know, NASCAR's answered the call on the fact of adding newer or different road courses to uh, the National Series schedules. And, um, you know, by going doing that at Indianapolis, it changed the racing for sure. And, uh, it also checks the box off on uh, going back to uh, going to different styles of racetracks that, uh, you know, National Series that they, they either haven't been to before or, um, <clears throat> excuse me, getting rid of uh, getting rid of oval tracks or 1.4 mile tracks or other styles of tracks that uh, and changing it up something different. So, um, you know, I, I, I've never. You know, I, I like the limitation in the road courses or the number of road courses that we ran and this recent explosion of more road courses. Um, you know, I think it has to be a limited too um, because, you know, if you uh, start going the way of 1.5-mile racetracks and, you know, everything we have from this point on out becomes road courses, then uh, you're you're going to run right back into the same problem that you're already running into to begin with with uh, – you know, you go on to one to one style of racetrack too many times, and uh, you know NASCAR fans want more of an equitable amount of tracks across various different. <clears throat> excuse me, I've got something going on this morning. Uh, and more I get equitable, it, uh, a, a more equitable ty- uh, types of uh, tracks and styles of tracks, and uh, you know the one thing that's barely lacking across all the series are short tracks, and you know that's something else that fans have asked for, and. Uh, I, I just fear that, you know, if we continue down this road of, uh, you know, just, you know, every, every time let's think of a new road for, a road course that we could go to, we're going to, we're, we're just, we're just going to be back in this same boat where we're going to have a whole bunch of road courses and still the same amount of short tracks and, you know, fewer 1.5 mile for tracks. And I think fans will be okay with fewer 1.5 mile tracks, but, when you start heavily loading a, a NASCAR stock cars uh, on road courses versus other styles of tracks, ovals, and things like that, you just run back into the same problem that we currently have. So, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the Brickyard 400. 
That was a great race, but what a scary wreck that was on pit row. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what caused that. I have, you know, thankfully and fortunately, I think it was the crew member for Ryan Blaney, but whoever it was, he got he got tossed around like an old rag doll, lost his helmet. They did take him to a local hospital. He was he was he he was treated and released and, and appears to be okay, which is great news. But that could have went very dangerous, very deadly, very quickly. Well, Indianapolis has the smallest width uh, of pit road of any track that we go to or stock cars go to, and these cars are much larger than any car. So, um, you know, they're taking out the, uh, the wheelbase onto them. They're wider. They're you know, longer uh, than, than a standard Indy car. So, you know, you're they're much heavier. So, um, you know, this, it's, it's a product of... Uh, you know, a, a very early in the race of a lot of people still on the, the lead lap and very narrow pit road. A lot of people trying to come and go at the same time. And for Ryan Blades, remember that was hit. He's got a couple of weeks that he's going to be out recovering from this thing. And, uh, you know, eventually he'll make it back. But um, over the years, it's uh, you, you, you see, you see some of the reasons why they cut down on the number of crew members, why they've gone to helmets and other safety features for these crew members that go over the wall because the, these cars are, you know, no matter where, I mean, no matter really, no matter where you are, but uh, you know, you, you can be injured by these cars, and you know, so many things are fast moving when it comes to pit road. Well, absolutely. It was it was really a scary scene, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that the the crew member is uh, uh, recovering and 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 all's all's good. Let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson returns to the track, uh, obviously after him and his wife both uh, tested positive uh, for uh, the COVID. Um, but that just shows you how close to home this gets. I mean, and, and I think that that we we maybe are 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 rushing it but then i also want to make sure that we're that we're going at this as a space to get things done i i feel i feel sad for the fans because i mean it's really kind of like you know it's just it's just not the same i wouldn't call it a return i would call it a semi-return maybe but i wouldn't call it a return uh without the fans but i mean if jimmy can get it anybody can get it and jimmy is certainly one of the the healthiest uh, lean and trim kind of guys out there, and you know that and he's certainly by far not in a high risk category. So, so what happens if we see more drivers get uh, get this? Well, I, I don't really know what you know what comes next as far as that. I, I think that Desker is going to have to balance out the uh, the the. Um, the policies and procedures that they currently have in place with um, with these drivers and crew members that are in the garage and uh, balance it out with uh, cleaning and social distancing and uh, all the other all the other things that um, you know White House Task Force, CDC, medical professionals, etc. are are going out there and suggesting that you do to limit or uh, decrease your either exposure or chances of getting uh, the COVID virus, but uh, you know at the same time, you know there are a lot of people, there are hundreds of people that are working in close quarters in these garages every week, and 
you know, we're not we're not testing everybody that's coming in the garage and you know, Jenny uh got tested because of uh, a totally separate incident outside the garage area and so um you know, I, I, I don't know where the fine balance is, but you know, there's there's balances on all sides of the spectrum of uh, you know, things that are listed but uh one thing I had suggested to somebody else and said to somebody else that NASCAR does these random pill draws on um, drug testing every week for both crew members in the garage and drivers and et cetera uh, for people that are involved in the sport that, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to have to do that. And I know a lot of other sports are, are going to go to some kind of testing, whether either randomized or fold on to all the participants, et cetera, and there's varying degrees of how that's going to work, but um, maybe this is something that NASCAR will have to look into themselves and look and say that, you know, every week we're going to test X number of people in the garage and we're going to randomize it or we're just going to go down the garage and uh, every other pit bo- uh, every other every other car crew and driver are going to get it this week and next week we're going to do the other half. I, you know, that's policies and procedures for them to come up with, but um, maybe that's the next step into this. And, um, you know, I, you know, we're, we're seeing an explosion of, of the virus across the United States anyway. So, um, you know, it's inevitable, but, you know, at this point that more and more people are going to get it, but not, not only at the same time, uh, you're right, Jimmy Johnson really isn't a high-risk category, but it just shows that anybody can get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll just have to see how this goes. I just, you know, I, I understand why we're not having fans, uh, but, you know, we, we want to be sure that we, we take this seriously because, I mean, it looks like we're starting to see a second wave of this stuff, and, uh, you know, it could even be worse than, than, than the first wave of stuff. Well, the NASCAR's down in Kentucky uh, this uh, this weekend. Austin Cedric, man, he is hot, hot, hot. Uh, won his first career uh, oval race at Kentucky Speedway on Thursday night uh, and, and uh, uh, certainly had a very dominant win with his career in last night's uh, OSCO 300 in the second half of the Bluegrass State NASCAR Xfinity Series. That's the first time that a driver has won a, a NASCAR National Series on consecutive nights since Richard Petty did it in 1971. Austin Cedric, what say you? Yeah, he's uh, struggled with uh, trying to get that win in the other tracks. And the last two nights, uh, that 22 team and him just seemed to be uh, seemed to put together and be able to put this whole package together and. Uh, night before last hour, night before on Thursday night, him and uh, Noah Gregson went at it for quite some time, swapping a lead back and forth of uh, running one another down. And, you know, uh, misfortunes by Gregson put Cedric in position to win on Thursday night. And it just seemed like they just, whatever they, whatever they figured out on Thursday night, they just, yeah, they they rolled that night, and uh, I mean it was a it was just pretty much a dominant car that not too many people I think could have touched. Uh, uh, Clean air was king out there, and uh, e- even if even some of the other drivers that did go out there and leave last night, they struggled with keeping Austin Cedric behind 
them at the same time. So whatever they figured out at Kentucky, uh, Kentucky the last two nights, uh, it worked well in their favor going back to back uh, with with him going to victory lane. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, tonight's uh, truck race uh, and talk with us a little bit about Kentucky Motor Speedway. Uh, certainly a very fast track and and uh, good to see that we, we're seeing some good action out there on the track. Uh, but talk with us a little bit about what's going on this weekend at the Kentucky Motor Speedway. Well, you know, they've uh, they've tried to open these grooves up out there, but it, it seems like the dominant groove um, – you know, between where the PJ one and, um, you know, bottom grooves and things like that, you know, the, that it's still single groove racetrack. And we really saw that, you know, last two nights in the Xfinity series where, uh, just last night, for example, lost Cheshane tried to make a run on the low side and, uh, so, so it's Harrison Burton and a couple other drivers tried to make runs on the low side and just basically I got freight trained like they were at Talladega. So, uh, you know, you can lose 8, 10, 12, 14 positions really, really quickly there. Uh, and it just shows that that outside groove is just continues to be the predominant groove around the track. And there's really no, there's really no way to, to make that low line work at this moment. So, you know, as long as you're up there, as long as you've got clean air, it seems like they, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And as long as you can defend that high line, um, you know, the preferred group around the track seems like, you know, again, you're you're, you're going to be a hard person to get around. But, you know, at the same time, we've we've seen a lot of courting in the tires this weekend uh, with various crews or various cars in the last few nights. So, you know, that's a concern. We've seen some tires explode and uh, sent some people into the wall, et cetera. So tires are a concern. Load, loads are, are a concern in those cars, which are, which are causing them to fail. So, uh, you know, just, just, just because, uh, just because you're out there uh, running outside groove like that, you, you still have to be careful with tire wear and things like that at Kentucky that, uh, you know, can put into your day or, um, put you uh, put you many laps down. So we've got the Quaker State 400 tomorrow out of Kentucky. Uh, who are we looking at? What are the dark horses? What are the? Uh, I think Kyle Busch got the pole out there. I'm pretty sure. I I, I'm, I, did, I think that's what I saw. Of course, you got Joey Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick and uh, all you know rounding up in the top three there. So what are your thoughts about the uh, Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, tomorrow night, or actually during the day, normally this race is run at nighttime, so, um, and I think that'll change up, you know, a lot of these teams and the notebooks that they've had over the last couple of years, where everything is based on night racing, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, and, you know, where they're going to pull out, there's going to be a lot of heat in this racetrack that'll um, linger for, for quite some time, so, you know, you're going to get some slip and sliding around this racetrack, and again, you'll, you'll see that predominant groove like I was talking about, but uh, I I think that opens opens it up to uh, potentially, you know, somebody out there to go, go and uh, 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 maybe maybe get a win that we, we've uh, not traditionally seen at Kentucky. Uh, I think, you know, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some drivers out there that uh, they they seem to do better during the day 
on these 1.5 mile racetracks. Uh, and and you know, Martin Trucks will, will comes to mind definitely uh, uh, when it comes to that. And uh, while I know he's won at Kansas during the night, but you know you take a look at some of his other wins on these 1.5 mile racetracks. So. Uh, and then being during the day. So I think, you know, that kind of plays right into his wheelhouse that uh, we'll, we'll see like maybe a Martin Trush Jr. And, you know, that team, that team could use some help. Um, you know, they could use some good fortunes, uh, you know, after uh, last week at uh, Indianapolis and, you know, just, uh, just as a whole over this year. But uh, uh, I wouldn't count out on Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick because those two seem like that, you know, no matter where we're going, since we came back, those are two that we have to talk about just about every single week. No, I absolutely agree. I, I equate Kevin Harvick and, and Scott Dixon right up there at the top in both of the of the race series. Let's talk a little bit about the crossovers. And uh, Penske seems to think that he would be in favor of uh, the crossover races, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's unfortunate. Again, I go back to the fact there were no fans because I feel like it would have been a lot bigger uh, but there again, had it not been for uh, COVID, we wouldn't have had the crossover. So it kind of forced a hand on that. But I'm glad it did. I think it showed that that two series can get along on the same track. And we've got uh, well, I think it's an interesting matchup uh, coming up a gateway. We've got IndyCar and NASCAR trucks. You couldn't pick uh, two completely different types of fan bases. And if that's if they're if they can play nice in the sandbox together, I think that could be a good thing. And I I think to have this crossover, not every weekend, not all the time, and I and maybe we we maybe we look at uh, running the road course with NASCAR uh, in at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on July 4th weekend and, and, uh, and get away, get a, get away of the oval, but for NASCAR anyway, I should say not for IndyCar, but have the Grand Prix there. And I know that Charlotte's got their race on Memorial Day weekend. Maybe we, we could do something there uh, where it could, where there could be some sort of a compromise where we could have a crossover at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with fans and, and other tracks. What are your thoughts? Well, we've run Indy cars in the truck series at Texas for a couple of years now, so you know, but it's not abnormal to the trucks like we'll see at Gateway. I think, uh, but you know, uh, on, on the flip side of that coin, um, of course, Roger Penske wants to see some more crossover races. He has a financial interest in both the Indy car series and that. Oh yeah. So, you know, he, he yeah yeah. So you know, but aside from that, I mean, he does love racing. I mean, it's just. It's not purely a financial aspect as far as him is concerned. But, um, you know, this is something that, again, NASCAR fans have asked for this for a while. IndyCar fans uh, seem to – they seem to be interested in the idea of seeing uh, the the NASCAR drivers and vice versa come to the racetrack and interact with one another. And then, you know, uh, two totally separate series – uh, styles of racing r- running the same track on the same weekend. So, um, you know, uh, you know, it's so hard this year to make any judgment calls on whether or how that would work going forward. And, you know, NASCAR has, uh, you know, bounced around some, you know, some various different ideas on, you know, going forward on their schedule with, uh, cutting races down, double headers, things like that. So, you know, even, even pushing, pushing the uh, end of the season even back closer to where IndyCar does in September, you know, maybe not ending right on that same weekend, but, you know, moving away from that November date closer back to September-ish, 
where IndyCar is. So, uh, you know, maybe there is some maybe is some ways that they can work together and uh, on their schedules to maybe a couple times a year or something like that. That they, you know, they'll do a truck race in Texas with the trucks or um, you know over a gateway with the trucks and then. Uh, they'll pick somewhere like Indy to to run the Grand Prix instead of during May. They run it during July Fourth weekend with the Cup Series, and uh, you know maybe pick somewhere else like a Auto Club Speedway or a Sonoma or something like that, or maybe even Watkins Glen uh, for a road course where they both run the same course during uh, during the same weekend. So. Yeah, I think there's ways that they can work together on some of these schedules or some of these crossover weekends like that. I just, you know, I just, I, I, I don't think you're ever going to see them uh, running uh, Daytona International Speedway, the the uh, oval, the oval uh, two and a half mile oval there. But you know, may, maybe they come in and run the road course, uh, you know, or something like that, uh, or even at Richmond where Richmond was due to have. IndyCar come back and uh, trucks come back and you know there's a opportunity there to to run uh, you know go back to Thursday Friday Saturday with you know IndyCar Xfinity and uh, the Cup Series on on the short track there so I think there's opportunities to get this done if they want to so real quickly while we still got a few minutes left in the segment. Uh... Uh, Noah Harrison Burton and Noah Gregson uh, said social di- distancing f you, and uh, it was on like Donkey Kong. And you would you would think that that, and I want to hear how NASCAR reacts to this because one, there's some serious violations that they they weren't wearing their mask, uh, and they got into pushing shoving, and then I believe it Noah took a punch at Harrison Burton, and then it was on. Then you had all of the the crew members trying to to break it up. I think this is going to have some serious inf- uh, some serious implications, uh, maybe some fines, maybe some suspensions. But this, uh, in the, what we're talking about, in the world that we're living in, in the way we've got everything set up, uh, and, the, and, and all the protocol that NASCAR's got in place, this just can't happen. Well, to be honest with you, I really hope that they don't find them or suspend anybody. Um, I, I would think that. I would say that if it was a more habitual thing, uh, you know, they, their their issue was that a couple of weeks ago, at, yeah, talking about a couple of weeks ago at Charlotte and then, you know, again last night at a, uh, Kentucky where the two of them disagreed on uh, racing for the same spot. And maybe if they had gotten in a fight back at Charlotte and again gotten in a fight last night, maybe NASCAR would need to step in and, and do something, but you know, I think uh, I think that this moment, is, uh, you know, they've they've had their they've had their piece. They threw a couple punches around. The crew members separated them, screamed and yelled at one another, um, sent them to the trailer, talked to them, explained the situation that you know, hey, you know, we can't have this going forward. But you know, at the same time, you know, NASCAR does have you know the boys have at it rules. So you know, it, nobody picked up a wrench, nobody hurt anybody with a race car. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's a fine line to walk at the same time, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, NASCAR talks to them, explains the situation, uh, but at the same time kind of lets the fines go, leave the fines out of it, leave the suspensions out of it, see how it goes if this happens again. Or if it becomes a more habitual thing with these two, then maybe they're going to need to step in and do something. Well, 
you know, what I kind of thought was humorous uh, when it, it, when it was all said and done, they were doing interviews on television and they were wearing their mask. Uh, so I guess it, it just kind of the whole thing goes to this. If we're taking this COVID thing seriously, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The physical contact like that. Uh, and I get it. Believe me, because I understand fights happening. It's kind of fun to watch them every now and then. Um, but, uh, you know, w- when we're in this type of reality of the world that we're in, I'm with you. I don't necessarily think that, but I do think that NASCAR needs to send a serious message that, so if they just say, well, this is okay, then what's, what's next. And, and so I think because of the, the strong message that they're trying to send to the, the racing community, you know, to the teams, uh, the way they've got everything set in place, I, I, I just think they're going to have, they can't just sit back and do nothing. So we'll be curious to see how all of that uh, that plays out. Steve Wilson, uh, Speedway Digest, our editor in chief, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Uh, Steve, any final words or wisdom, sir, as we as we roll into the Blue Cross State this weekend? Oh, uh, that was I'm I'm excited to see the trucks run there. Trucks have uh, always uh, put on a great great show there at Kentucky Speedway and. Uh, hopefully they will continue that later on tonight. We'll see what happens. Okay, so here's what we're t- we're having everybody do. We posted just for fun, try to get everybody out there uh, doing it. Is uh, the get up and challenge? And are you familiar with that? No, I'm not sure what it is. Oh man, we gotta get with the times, my brother. The get up challenge. It's it's. Uh, Okay, just stand by. This is this is what the front of it sounds like. You've probably heard this before, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll I'll get right back with you. Right now, I just need you to get real loose, get comfortable, grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner, and if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two step. Now, you've heard this. You've heard that song. You've seen the videos, right? No, I haven't. (laughs) Okay. Well, we posted it on on Twitter, so you have to do it. And I'll send you a special text later on uh, for it. But it's just a fun thing to do. And people are doing videos of it with their kids. The police departments are doing it. It's just a a fun thing. So, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to mow from the BS Sports Show, told me said that he would postpone if I would do it, and so it, it, it's it's on. So uh, Steve, we need you to post yours as well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link later, and, and you watch it, and then you just you know get with your kids and you and you and you do it, and we'll we'll watch it. We'll we'll, we'll see see you post it. <laughs> Steve, what? Steve Wilson, where can people find your work in masterpieces, sir? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, buddy. Have yourself a good race weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks. You too. Take care. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. I don't know if we're going to be able to get him to do the uh, Get Up Challenge, guys. Get that video up. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have some fun with this over the next couple of weeks. Get the video up. Uh, to us on, on at Twitter and on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have some fun with this. We want to see everybody's get up challenge right here 
on the Balance Radio Network. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. Now lean back with your hips in it. Let's have some fun. Uh. To the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. Now take your left hand and put it on your side. Gonna roll your shoulders. Do the slip and slide. This next part's my favorite part of this time of shot. Gonna do the two step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down. Take a sip with it. Now lean back with your head. Slide to the left, slide to the right. Now cool down, have a good time. Slide to the left, slide to the right. Do the butterfly, have a good time. Round, round, round around you go. It's time to show out right now and take to the floor. Gonna do the two step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States. Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
Wisconsin, and we just had Steve Wilson on from Speedway Digest, our editor, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, talking about last week's big race here in Indianapolis. Great race, no fans, unfortunately, and believe me, there's nobody more worked up about that than I am, but we shall move on. Uh, and, of course, they're down in Kentucky this weekend uh, as as well. So, but joining us now, Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, Tom. How you doing? Hey, fantastic. Hey, I saw you pop in right when we, when we went to break. We were playing the Get Up Challenge. Now, we're, I'm going to make you do it with you and your daughters. Have you seen it? Have you heard it? <laughs> no, I haven't. You're kidding me. It's everywhere, no. man. Are you social Get distancing from YouTube? Yeah. It's, it's, a, I, it's yeah. just for fun. I, okay. It's just for fun. And so uh, there's a, it's a dance. And so people are doing it with their daughters, the kids, police departments are doing it. And it's just people, uh, medical professionals are doing it. Uh, teachers are doing it. And so we thought it would be fun to just get it up there. And so we throw that, we threw with it some examples up on our, our social media and I'll send you a text on it. But the, the music to the dance, this is what it is. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. Now lean back, put your hips in it. Let's have some fun. To the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. So that's that's the basic set. That's but the <laughs> song goes on. You just you just gotta follow the the uh, the thing. I'll send you some. There's some really cool uh, uh, examples of, of people did some really cool ones with uh, with uh, fathers and daughters doing it and kids doing it together. And it's it's just really kind of fun. So we thought we'd try to do that. So I challenge you. Mo said he would do it if I would do it. I'm afraid it might break something, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to get something up by the end of the weekend. <laughs> have what, to see. Is it a line dance or something or some kind of dance? Some, or, I mean, is it's it, a dance. It it's a dance. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a dance. It, it combines like the slide, uh, the two-step. Uh, yeah, it's just a dance. It's all it is. Okay. So. 
Yeah, it's I'm, not, I'm not exactly twinkle toes on my feet there, but uh, I'm with you. I might bust something. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun to watch. But hey, man, we got it. We got to we got to laugh and have some fun about everything that's going on. Let's get into some really uh, just some craziness. And it's just like, man, you you want everything to stop, but then people keep stirring up stirring up the pot. And let's just talk about this whole thing with Sean Jackson um, and what he said. And how it was taken. What if the I saw that the Eagles have have put down some sort of a punishment for his statement, um, and I'm not really going to read it, um, but I know that him and Julian Edelman had a, uh, a back and forth, and uh, I thought one of the sound bites that I heard Julian Edelman say that he said, like, "Hey, you know." Um, you come with me to a Holocaust thing, and I'll come with you to some sort of a slavery thing or some, some, some sort of something like that, and we'll sit down, we'll have burgers and beers, and we'll talk about it. And uh, so, first of all, you've you got to ask Sean Jackson, what were you thinking, man? What were you thinking? Especially in the times – and I, I, I get it. Everybody, I understand this. And, you know, I am so tired of us let's just going down this, this, this world. I, I understand as we've if we've talked about on this show before, we don't know what it's like to have issues by by just by race. We just don't have those issues and we have to be sensitive to that. But at the same time, you know, I, I like Julian Julian Edelman's approach to this thing. He's like, you know, let's let's sit down, have burgers and beers and talk about this instead of just stirring up the pot. So talk to us a little bit about the comment. How the Eagles are, are, are going with it going forward, I think they're still going to keep him on the roster, but uh, I, I think that, that there needs to be sent some serious messages that there's certain things you can and cannot say or do, no matter what your color, skin color is. Yeah, well, that, that's probably why I don't know about this dance we were talking about, because I've been so <laughs> going crazy this week with the Deshaun Jackson stuff. Yeah, that's you know, true. It's been a, it's been a week, week-long uh you know, situation here. I mean, he made his comments and not only were they horrible comments referencing Adolf Hitler and, you know, kind of saying how that the Jewish people were kind of oppressing the, 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 the black people. Um, he made them over the 4th of July holiday weekend, which is really, you know, talk about bad timing uh, with that. I mean, if you're going to make those horrible statements, you don't want to do it over the 4th of July, but yeah, just, you know, I don't, you want to ask Deshaun what he was thinking, but my, my, I'm sure he's not going to want to talk about it at whatever time we're able to talk to these players again, who knows when. Um, but I could probably answer that question, what he was thinking, and, and he just wasn't thinking. Uh, you know, he's just – it was a stupid thing to say uh, if he was trying to say that, the, you know, they need to overcome oppression. We know that, and to single out one, you know, group of people, the Jewish people – uh, it was just wrong, and it was a wrong way to convey any kind of message. So, you know, here we are a week later. Um, a lot of people have come out. Like you said, Julian Edelman, you know, a Jewish football player, Mitchell Schwartz, even a former guard uh, in the NFL, uh, spoke out against it, And um, as you would expect, you know. But there has been some support. Steven Jackson, the former NBA player, said that, you know, Jackson was kind of speaking the truth. And, um, you know, <laughs> just the wrong way to go about speaking the truth. I mean, there are other ways to do it. So anyway, here we are a week later, the Eagles come out last night, uh, you know, with the Friday evening news dump, which, you know, nobody really pays attention on Friday night to news. So 
you know, I guess their timing on releasing it was probably geared toward that Friday news dump, Friday evening news dump. They end up uh, fining Deshaun Jackson an unspecified amount, but they are going to keep him on the team for now. But they say this is the first step in his uh, his words must support his actions. So uh, yesterday, Deshaun Jackson met with a 94-year-old Holocaust survivor. He's met with anti-Semitic groups. He's met with a, a couple different rabbis. So uh, he is doing the right things. Now, whether or not any of it is sinking in, uh, I'm not so sure. Um, but the Eagles kind of had to tread lightly with what they did with Deshaun. I mean, I would think that at least a two-game suspension would be warranted here. But back in 2013, um, I'm not sure when I joined this show, Tom, but it's been back when, I guess, uh, Jerry well, Sandusky with it. Penn State. Yeah, when that started, when that broke, that's when you that's when you came on for the first time, sir. Man, yeah, time flies when you had a fun, yeah. <laughs> Several years that was, ago. That was Several years ago. Yeah, I can't pinpoint the date, but uh, anyway, the Eagles back in 2013 had a, a, a similar a situation come up with Riley Cooper. I don't know if you remember this, but um, mm-hmm. Riley Cooper a video surfaced in July of the of uh, 2013 that showed him making a racial slur at a Kenny Chesney concert in June um, using the N word, and that came out. And uh, Cooper was made to apologize, and he did. He came out publicly. I'll never forget it. He was very contrite, very sorry. Um, you know, and he plays in a locker room that's, you know, majority uh, African-American. So really put him in a tight spot. But the Eagles, uh, all they did was find him and send him away to what they called at the time sensitivity training, which lasted all of about two days. He was away from the team. And then he came back after two days and um, they didn't cut him. In fact, they ended up signing him later that summer to a five-year contract. And Cooper went on to have three pretty productive seasons for the Eagles uh, before he was cut, and then he, he was out of football. But, the, you know, for the Eagles to come out and do anything different, I know we're in a different time. That was seven years ago. But for them to come out and do something more to Deshaun, who, you know, obviously is a black receiver, uh, when they really kind of gave a slap on the wrist to the white receiver, that wouldn't have looked good um, at all for the Eagles. So uh, they're they're proceeding slowly with this. They said that, you know, Deshaun obviously has to continue to educate himself, uh, you know, and do the right things and make sure his words are being supported by his actions. Now, you know, Deshaun said he's going to donate whatever the amount of the fine is to, uh, you know, the Jewish community, uh, the Jewish League or something like that. But he's going to donate uh, whatever that, that fine amounts to to the Jewish League. So, um, you know, he's trying at least to – put some actions behind his words. But again, I, I just wonder if he, you know, if any of the messages are sinking in. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting too, because Deshaun was one of those guys during, uh, you know, after George Floyd was, was killed in, uh, in Minneapolis and all the unrest began and the, the rioting and the, the looting and the protesting, all that stuff happened. He was one of the outspoken uh, people on the Eagles Zoom calls, their, 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 you know, their virtual Zoom calls that they had during the offseason, speaking about his experiences growing up as a, as a black man in, in the United States. And apparently his messages and his stories were so uh, powerful and overwhelming that many of the Eagles white players, such as Jason Kelsey, their center and their kicker, Jake Elliott, they came out and, and publicly denounced the racial systemic injustice that's going on so 
And they referenced Deshaun saying, you know, Deshaun really opened our eyes. So, you know, and, you know, so that, that's kind of the weird positioning here is how he was such a, a, a advocate of, you know, change when it was, you know, the oppression against the black person. And then to come out and single out a group like the, the Jewish people. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. you know, very strange to me. Um, and it's just someone that probably wasn't thinking, or maybe he was full of himself after getting so much credit for, uh, others speaking out uh, against the, you know, the r- systemic racism uh, that he just went too far and he went really way too far. And now I'm kind of hoping that, you know, this is over behind us. I'm going on vacation in a week and uh, <laughs> I don't want to have to sit right about the Sean Jackson while my feet are feet's in the sand. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Well, I did see where yeah. he met with like a 94 year old ho- Holocaust survivor you got to wonder yeah. so sometimes again we, we we can we can second guess this all the time we got a lot of other things to talk about uh but uh and you know but you just you got you got to wonder are are they sorry because they're getting fined and because they realize whoa whoa, whoa I, I now I I'm I'm putting my job and my career in danger or are they really sorry because they whoa I really shouldn't have said that I really feel bad I don't know and you don't know but you hope that that at least with maybe some understanding of this, that um, he, uh, he he comes around, and, and hopefully this is an isolated uh, season. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the NFL Players Association economic counterproposal that's revealed uh, as of tw- the 2020 NFL season approaches. First of all, I don't know if we're going to even have a preseason, and I think a lot of people are okay with that because they don't want to risk things happening in games that really don't count. So I, I guess I'm okay with that, but does that send a signal or a smoke signal to b- other things to come? But as the, the season approaches, everyone around the league expects a staggering hit to the league's revenue this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. With both sides discussing on how to share the pain of the loss of revenue, the NFLPA has offered a proposal to poten- potentially uh, save the upcoming season. So what are your thoughts on the proposal, and, and, and what are they putting, putting out there on the table uh, the NFL Players Association. Yeah, I mean, now we're starting to see a little of the dirty laundry financially that came out when the Major League Baseball was trying to get back to work. Um, now we're going to see that here in the NFL because I don't, I'm not sure the NFLPA proposal is going to be accepted by the NFL owners. The NFLPA, the Players Association, they um, their counter proposal included, I think it was no escrowing the 2020 salaries, which the NFL proposed a 35% uh, player salaries be held in escrow this season. And, you know, the players aren't going to go for that. So the NFLPA obviously said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, And then you mentioned the salary cap, you know, that's supposed to go down uh, and that's really going to impact a lot of these teams. And that's why I think we see a lot of, you know, nothing really happening with some of the free agents that are out there like Jadavian Clowney and um, Logan Ryan, who's a very good cornerback. Uh, who's still available, um, and some other players, you know, and you're not seeing a lot of rookies signed to their contracts either because GMs don't know what the salary cap's going to look like. So the NFLPA proposed a kind of a flat salary cap of close to $200 million. I think it was $198 million for 2021, um, which is a bit of a rise, but then they want to spread some of the uh, losses from this year for the next eight years on the salary cap to kind of lessen the blow of the salary cap 2022 to 2030. Um, they want to be able to 
spread the pain out over the next eight years, of, if you will. And who knows what the cap would look like at that point, but you, you think it might remain the same. And that's going to affect the way teams do business. Um, so, I, you know, I'm sure the NFL is going to come back with something and we're going to hear about it and there's going to be some back and forth. And, you know, this thing could get ugly. Uh, just like it did with Major League Baseball. You know, it got ugly before things kind of settled in. But you have a couple months to work with. Really, you only have a couple weeks before training camp opens. Um, but then you still have that month to kind of haggle to see what the season will look like and the salary cap will look like. And there aren't – there's going to be any preseason games. And, you know, I, you say a lot of people are happy. The only people that aren't happy is those bottom-tier roster players who – or uh, right now they're 90 man rosters and these guys are trying to make the team or at least put some tape out there for other teams to view um, who may be interested in adding them once they get cut from their current team. So that's really yeah. what affects is these guys, you know, as these bottom and think about, you could go around the league and look at some players who really stepped up as, uh, and were, and showed what they could do in these preseason games. And also you're not going to know as a coaching staff, which players, you know, kind of shrivel in the spotlight once the, the, you know, the quote real bullets start to fly in games, you know, they might look great in camp and practice, but some players when the, you know, when it comes to the game and they're standing on the field and they're playing in front of some people, they shrivel up. So uh, speaking of ugly caller, who's this? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I'm just here to uh, tell you. You call in. You're, your biggest fan, Ed, uh, Rick Riggins on the line with. Go hey, ahead, Rick. Rick. How you been? How you doing, Ed? Hey. Good, bro. Right. Hey, I'm just letting you know that it's okay if you haven't heard of the Get Up Challenge, and I'm just letting Tom know. And I'm <laughs> not trying to burst his bubble, but the Get Up Challenge was summer of last year. I know. I'm, uh, I'm late. I'm late. He's a year behind. I'm, I'm, I'm late. <laughs> I, I just started seeing all these videos, and I thought, man, let's just have some fun with it. So, Rick, since you jumped in the Get Up Challenge pool, I expect you to post your Get Up Challenge with you and your no. son and daughter and wife. On <laughs> that's not happening. And my wife already has a video from last year of doing it. So, all right, post that one then. Post that. No, one. I'm good. <laughs> so that's hey, I just let you know if it's if it's not on TikTok yeah. right now it is not a thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know the government's trying to get all messed up with TikTok, so we won't go we won't go down that path. Hey, I'm glad you called though, Rick. We were talking, and you probably were listening when we were talking about this. We were talking about it a little bit earlier about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 announcing that they're just going to have in-conference schedules. And one of the things that – and this is yeah. going to follow suit with the, with the SEC and other uh, ones. But one of the things that, that's, that's going to hurt the most would be the Atlantic Conference if they decide to not give a temporary permission, air quotes, if you will, to Notre Dame because it's really going to hurt them. Because, but, and the, uh, but on the other aspect of it, if we just have uh, conference games, how are we going to get to a championship? And, um, you know, again, I love Notre Dame. Everybody knows that. And I know you're a big Notre Dame fan. But it just seems like Notre Dame just kind of gets to make the rules all, as they go. Now all of a sudden, because they're not going to have anybody to play, you're not going to see that Notre Dame and Ohio State game. You're not going to see that Notre Dame-Michigan game. You're not going to see that Notre Dame-Navy uh, game. Some of the big games that, that TV contracts are out there for – 
And so what are your thoughts on that? And then also, as we were just talking a little bit about Sean Jackson, as, as we continue these conversations about the social injustice, they want to take away the leprechaun, for God's sake, from Notre Dame, which won't happen. But just some, some crazy conversations. So uh, just uh, chime in here a little bit, buddy, since you, since you called, called in today. Right. Yeah, well, a lot of craziness. Uh, they're not going to drop the Fighting Irish uh, name. They're not going to drop the leprechaun. Uh, you can talk to anybody from Ireland, anybody that's Irish, and I, I guarantee you none of them are offended by any of that. I mean, that that's just silly. That came up by Max Kellerman over a year ago, too, and he got crushed uh, for just even I'm bringing that up. Out, so, I'm trying to figure out what's racist about a leprechaun. Yeah, nothing. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I think I think everything's got to have an animal name anymore, otherwise, it's, you know. Well, and you can't. Well, <laughs> not safe for work, I guess. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Uh, Rick, you got anything for Ed? Well, nothing for Ed. I was going to comment on the uh, the the conference just playing the conference just playing conference conference games. You know, now we're we're not going to have Notre Dame, Wisconsin, at Lambeau this year now, right? But uh, John Swafford, the uh, ACC commissioner, has already said that uh, an ACC conference schedule will include Notre Dame because they've already committed to playing six ACC teams a year anyway. That's the way it's been for the last uh, two or three years now. So they're going to uh, just add in the other four games to Notre Dame and bring them into the ACC because, of course, they want that money, and the ACC is going to be able to get put on NBC, NBC this year now. But, uh, yeah, an ACC schedule, conference-only schedule, will include Notre Dame. Uh, their ACC commissioner has already said that. Basically, Notre Dame is going to drop USC, Stanford, uh, Arkansas. There's another one, Navy probably even this year. But they're going to add Florida State, add Miami, add Virginia Tech, and probably add Boston College. So, so yeah, Notre Dame not playing this year. If all, the, if all the conferences are just going to play a conference schedule, that's not going to happen. They're already – got a foot in the door of the ACC, and the ACC is going to uh, include them in a uh, all-ACC schedule this year. And what well, are your thoughts on that? Well, what does the ACC get out of that, though? What is Notre Dame giving back to the ACC? I mean, are just the money that they're going to pull in by playing Notre Dame? I mean, are there going to have to be concessions that Notre Dame will become a full-fledged member of the ACC? I mean, there has to be something that Notre Dame is going to give back here if the ACC is just going to magnanimously open up their doors and let them play, uh, you know, a full slate of games. Well, I, I don't really know, but let's just take Boston College, for example, because they're going to, have to drop whatever non-conference games they have. But now you drop Boston College and they're playing, let's say they played Maryland. You know, it's a different conference. They got to drop Maryland, but now they're going to add Notre Dame. So that's going to be that TV money, I'm guessing. That's going to be a mm-hmm. following. People want to watch that game just because of Notre Dame. But Notre Dame brings that aspect into it. As far as how they're going to work out money, I, I have no way of knowing. But just the draw Notre Dame has is going to help out that conference this year. And I don't know. They already have a deal in place anyway to even play the, the six teams that they've been playing two or three years. I don't really know what the financial side of things are. But it, it's, it's a win-win for both. Notre Dame gets to play this year, and the ACC – We'll now have two, I'm, I'm going to say it, Tom, two top-tier teams because they only have Clemson. Now they're bringing in Notre Dame. And Notre Dame actually plays Clemson this year at Notre Dame. So that's yeah. that's a win-win for everybody yeah. I see. I can see that part of it. But I guess the, the, the two things I don't understand, how we're going to get to a championship. And, and second of all, I don't understand how this helps 
do anything as far as the COVID guys because you're still having to go through the same protocol. It doesn't it, it doesn't really matter what town you're in or, or what uniform you're wearing. You're still going to have to go through the same protocol put in place by the NCAA to play, and you're still going to run the high risk of of, of teams getting. Uh, infected and being quarantined and games getting canceled, you're still going to have that no matter if it's in the Big Ten or the ACC. Why do they play an in-conference-only games? Does that do anything? And how's that going to get us to a championship? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Everybody's making it up as they go, right? Uh, so, no Notre Dame-Wisconsin this year. They're kind of going to be at Lambeau Field. I don't know how close that is from Wisconsin. It's only like 200 miles or so from, from South Bend. So, they can't play that game now, but Wisconsin can travel 500 miles and play against Nebraska, you know, because that's a conference yeah. game. That, to me, that stuff doesn't make any sense. So I don't get it. But that's yeah. the it world we're in now, Tom. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it world, <laughs> so have you gotten out on the pontoon boat there uh, here this weekend? Uh, not this weekend. Going to a pool party later today and then watching UFC fights. And then, I don't know, I might try to get it out tomorrow. i got nothing going on tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to wear your mask out on the lake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, social distancing at its I, best when you're on a pontoon. <laughs> I hate – I'm still working from home because I, I'm, I'm able to do that. Uh, but I went to the doctor the other day because I had to get some labs done, and they made me wear a mask. And I felt like, my gosh, how can people wear these things all day long every day? It's, it's the most uncomfortable claustrophobic feeling that there is. Rick, I appreciate you joining in. You can always call in, brother. You're you're a good friend of the show, and you you have access to the VIP hotline. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, I was tuning in. I was like, is he talking about the Get a Challenge? That's a year ago. Well, I had a call. I know in. you. I know. I, I I knew it was I knew it was aged a little bit, but. I was just like, man, we got to get something and have some fun. We don't have sports, man. I, I, I found myself watching uh, the cornhole contest on ESPN the other day. So we got to get some amazing. stuff. <laughs> they are good, aren't they? <laughs> I'd yeah. play with them. They can play in my backyard anytime. They are absolutely good, good. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up, put a bow on it. Rick, uh, uh, you want to tell where people can uh, find your, your quotes of wisdom on Twitter? Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Riggin underscore Rick. Ed, it's good talking to you again, as always, Tom. Hey, Rick. The show is always fun. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk with you soon. Hey, Rick. Good right, talk to you, guys. man. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he texted me. I, we were talking, and he texted me. He goes, check your callers, man. I'm like, God, he's sitting on the call line. So that's hilarious. <laughs> it's always good to Rick, Rick is a very dear friend of mine, and we go back several, several years, and uh, – uh, so uh, many years. So and and um, so I'm from Evansville. He lives in Evansville, and so he, we we uh, we're kind of tight. But it's good to have him have him on the show. I did not mean to interrupt your your comments on the on the uh, NFL Players Association. Did you have any other final thoughts on that, sir? You wanted to add? Uh, on on what was that? The uh, the college season. Or or just anything. I, I kind of interrupted oh. you when we when I went to Rick, and so we went off into the weeds. So, so I apologize for that. So go ahead. Oh, I I just want to say when when Rick mentioned the the Clemson and Notre Dame game, I was thinking, man, I that's a great game. I really hope it happens, and I really hope I really do. Some of this stuff does happen. I mean, I, I'm I get more pessimistic by the day as far as the NFL goes, but because uh, once camps open, it's going to be interesting to see how the whole testing thing goes and who gets what and who has to shut down and things like that. Kind of like we, you know, we saw with 
the MLB for a little bit. And now it'll be interesting to see how the MLB comes off as well as the NBA. The NBA is now in its bubble and they're practicing and they're going to begin soon. And um, the NHL, I think, has moved to phase three. I can't wait to see the NHL. They've got their hub cities, Edmonton, which, you know, is a great hub city because there's nowhere to go when you're outside the bubble in Edmonton. If you've ever been to Edmonton, it's nothing but, you know, wide open fields and (laughs) there's nothing to do. So that's a good spot to put these players. And then, uh, that's for the Western Conference teams and the Eastern Conference teams will play in Toronto. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these other sports kind of gear up to see where we stand as far as having actually having a college or an NFL season. Well, we'll certainly see what happens. I know Jim Irsay sent a letter out to all the season ticket holders, said that they can expect uh, to uh, have an effect from uh, from the COVID-19 on this year's game. So that tells me that maybe there's some discussion behind the scenes of no fans or something and uh, that they would honor uh, all tickets in, in future games. So there was kind of a drop. They were, they were talking about on local radio here. If you didn't drop a hint there, I don't know. You can't get a bigger hint than that if an owner of an NFL team says a letter out to the to the season ticket holders says you can expect uh, some uh, effects with your games and we'll honor all, all your tickets. That kind of tells me that there might not be some games or there are going to be games without fans. Yeah. I, well, I saw Jacksonville approved uh, 25,000 fans in their seats. I don't, I'm not sure Jacksonville draws 25,000 fans a game. They have to go over to London to get that kind of a, a crowd, <laughs> but, uh, but, but we'll see. I mean, if, you know, and then at what point is if some teams can have fans and others teams can, that's an inherent advantage or disadvantage, you know, say the, the Indianapolis isn't allowed to have any fans in the stands, but then they go to Houston and there's 50,000 fans allowed or whatever, 30,000 fans. Let's say. Still, you're playing in front of fans in Houston, and that's an advantage for the Texans and a disadvantage when the Colts go there. And then when Houston comes to, to Lucas Oil, what if there's no fans there? Then that's a disadvantage for the Colts and an advantage to the Texans. So really, that, that's to me, if you're not going to have uh, – if you're going to have cities that don't allow fans, then you have to allow no fans across the board. You can't allow some cities to have fans and others not. That's well, my That's exactly right. They've got to make it, you know, but again, that's going to be state issues. And I think states are the ones who are driving that, that limitations. And we are starting to see a second wave come, come around. So, well, Ed, we got to wrap it up and put a bow on it. I, I hope you have a good weekend. I, I know you probably got a long one ahead of you, but I, I appreciate you taking some time for us today. And uh, uh, any final words of wisdom, sir, where can people find your work at masterpieces, sir? Oh yeah, I'm out of wisdom right now. But uh, my my work, you can hit me on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's at at k r a c z e at kratzy, and then uh, I post usually I post all my links there, so that's a good place to hit me up or you know do a search on my name for Facebook, and maybe I'll friend you, and you can find them there okay. too. I post them on Facebook. Thanks. All right, buddy. Have yourself a good weekend. Thanks, Tom. You too. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, talking about the comeback of the NFL, Deshaun Jackson. Thanks for my good friend Rick Riggin uh, calling in and, and giving us the education on the Get Up Challenge. Way to rain on my parade there, Rick. I'm just kidding. Still sending in your, your challenge. We're going to have fun with it anyway. Um, Thanks to Mo from the BS Sports Show, helping us break down the return of the MLB and NBA uh, and uh, some college football talk there. And uh, also... Uh, uh, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, breaking down uh, IndyCar for last week here in Indianapolis and Wisconsin. And Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest, breaking down the Brickyard 400 and Kentucky race coming up. And, of course, we continue on having sports coming back with no fans. But hopefully we get to the end of this real soon. Keep safe, guys. 
Don't drink and drive it in. Cool. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I'm out of here. This is. Thank you.